This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Despite efforts to address health inequities, there are persistent and sometimes substantial disparities in health experienced by specific racial and ethnic groups in the United States and worldwide. Efforts to understand the magnitude and causes of these disparities are often complicated by the lack of consensus on how one's race and or ethnicity is defined. An example, and our focus today, is racial and ethnic disparities in COVID-19 hospitalizations, which may be hidden by race and or ethnicity misclassification. I'm Malia Haley for CDC's Preventing Chronic Disease. Today, I'm talking with Brendan Cito, winner of the journal's 2022 student paper contest in the doctoral category. Brendan is a third-year medical student at the University of Hawaii, John A. Burns School of Medicine in Honolulu, Hawaii. He joins us to discuss his winning paper entitled Differences in COVID-19 Hospitalizations by Self-Reported Race and Ethnicity in a Hospital in Honolulu, Hawaii. Congratulations, Brendan, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Please tell us about your study and why you chose to explore this topic. Sure. Uh, So these issues have been kind of swimming around in my head for a little while. In Hawaii, where I'm from, we have a lot of people who are mixed race, whether they're part Asian, white, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander, or whatever else. I myself am Japanese, Chinese, and a quarter white. So it's always kind of hard when we're filling out forms and have to pick a box to describe our race. Uh, a lot of times now, you know, we can kind of select multiple races, but even then it's oftentimes, you know, I'm often too lazy to actually go through and answer it thoughtfully or forget to check a box or something like that. And so all of these kind of themes uh, really came to a head when I was volunteering at a COVID-19 vaccination clinic. I noticed a lot of the race data wasn't being uh, input into the computer system. And so, you know, there just wasn't enough time and or manpower to get all this data in. Uh, so I recruited a bunch of friends to help out and kind of manually enter in uh, this data into the system. You know, but as we went through it, you know, we found, you know, it was really challenging to actually input this data. Right? We were following an algorithm to kind of categorize people who uh, listed multiple races into only one category. You know, that's really needed just because that's how the system was built. You know, but it really felt that we were missing kind of a lot of information there. So fast forward about a year, and I found out there's a data set that's just kind of laying around where researchers have been asking patients what their ethnicity is and comparing it to their uh, electronic medical record and the hospital data. Uh, the project was led by Dr. Akaka at the Queens Medical Center. I'd been kind of semi-forgotten um, for about 10 years. Uh, but this data really resonated with me, right? It was kind of very related to kind of the things I've been thinking about for a while. And I was fortunate enough to analyze it and then use it to answer, you know, this question I had about basically accuracy of hospital race data. So all that backstory really is just, you know, a prelude to our project where we compared uh, the race recorded in the hospital electronic medical record to a patient's self-reported, most identified race, and then projected it onto COVID-19 hospitalization data. Why is self-identification so important when capturing data at hospitals, specifically related to race and ethnicity? Yeah, so uh, if we can only report one race, um, it should be the one that they most identify with. You know, uh, this is really the gold standard in terms of single race categories and likely has kind of the most significance uh, in terms of outcomes. Uh, in terms of importance of the accuracy of race and the city itself, 
And I think it is important on kind of a population and systems level uh, to identify trends and disparities uh, so that we may appropriately address them, as well as a patient level to ensure that we provide the best medically and culturally appropriate care. And then on an individual level, uh, just so that we respect the person in terms of who they are uh, on their own terms. So I think for all those reasons, we self-identified race is ideal. What did you find when you looked at self-reported race and ethnicity versus hospital-reported data? We found it pretty accurate, actually. Um, so uh, we found an accuracy of about 87%, um, but this accuracy was much worse among people who reported multiple races. Uh, interestingly, we also found that Native Hawaiians were much more likely to be multiracial and thus had an overall lower accuracy. Right? But this really, this difference basically disappeared um, when we compared only patients who were multiracial. So, and then we took this data and used it to quote unquote uh, correct uh, statewide COVID hospitalization data. We found that there were, there were potentially more Native Hawaiians and more Pacific Islanders who were hospitalized with COVID. So in summary, the hospital EMR race data is not totally accurate, but it's pretty good at about 87%. And if we were to use self-reported most identified race data rather than hospital identified race data, we may expect to see even larger disparities than those already known. How is your study different from others looking at racial and ethnic disparities in COVID-19? Our study, I think, really augments any study that uses hospital data to report outcomes by race. Our population is somewhat unique, you know, given that we have a large number of multiracial and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander patients. But I think the concept of ensuring that we correctly label our patients uh, when we need to uh, and being thoughtful about what it means to belong to a certain racial group and how it may affect health outcomes. You know, these ideas and these concepts are very broad and generalizable. I think especially as the country grows more diverse and multicultural, you know, these issues are going to keep coming up. And it's important for us to kind of figure out how we want to talk about race uh, and belonging and identity uh, in you know, more diverse uh, spaces. Uh, so to answer your question a little bit more directly, our study is unique in that it's challenging the conventional ways in which we gather race and ethnicity data for disparities related to COVID-19 and other medical outcomes and demonstrating the potential impact of self-identified rather than hospital-reported data. What changes would you recommend to healthcare and hospital policies to improve reporting of race and ethnicity data? Well, I recognize that this is a you know complicated issue that probably requires a very complicated response and fix as well. You know, I think it's always easier to kind of point out potential flaws and to fix it. And you know, as a medical student, um, I'm sure there are other people who uh, are more qualified to answer the question. But I think that anything we can do to move away from single race identifiers would be helpful. You know, I know a lot of um, surveys now have separate boxes for um, Hispanic origins. In Hawaii, we actually have, uh, oftentimes now, have a separate box for Native Hawaiian origins. And so that just allows us to capture more data and hopefully more fully describe patients as they should be and wish to be um, described. I think also just asking patients to review their chart regularly 
either through um, registration and check-in or some kind of open charting, you know, can really allow for them to correct any mistakes that they see or update any changes in their racial identity that they would like. And if they want to belong to, if they want to record a you know, different racial group than they put in 40 years ago, you know, that uh, is probably worthwhile. But ultimately, I think it's really just about being aware of the potential issue of uh, misidentification of uh, race and the hospital data and thinking critically about data collection in really all uh, contexts. What advice would you give to other students doing research in this field? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, first of all, just be curious. If you see something that you have questions about, and if you don't understand something, again, uh, asking questions. Because sometimes it turns out there isn't really an answer. And oftentimes, there is a way to get an answer if you ask uh, very nice people who are willing to help you find it. So that's really a lot of the theme for this paper. I was fortunate enough to show up, ask a question. People were very nice. They helped me find an answer. And ultimately, we managed to uh, get this project out. So yeah, just be curious and find nice people. Thank you, Brendan. That's our time for today. To read the article we discussed today and all of the articles in the student paper collection, visit the PCD Collections page online at www.cdc.gov PCD. For the most accurate health information, Visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.